0: This is the EMG Podcast Spotlight Interview with your host, Mike Saulpa. This week, I sit down to talk with Hyde Park band leader, Caleb Mason. As you'll hear me mention, I didn't really know Caleb on a personal level outside of our professional relationship. Um, but due to his folksy and inviting personality, our conversation flowed effortlessly a testament to his spirit. You know, he is Georgia born and raised, so he's very genuine and has a friendly nature. We chat about his musical pedigree, his time spent aboard a cruise ship, oddball mentality as a trombone player, and what makes Hyde Park so special. And full disclosure, I'm totally biased because I am a huge Hyde Park fangirl. So much so that I've asked them to be the band at my wedding. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this interview with my wickedly talented and insanely professional colleague, Mr. Caleb Mason. Caleb, how are you, buddy? I'm doing great, Mike. Thanks. Man, isn't that, a, you got a soulful, sexy voice. It's a radio voice. It is a radio voice. Uh Well, welcome back to another edition of the Spotlight interview. My guest today is the Hyde Park band leader, Mr. Caleb Mason, who has come all the way, trekked all the way in from Harlem, NYC. And he's just now gazing at me for some reason. <laughs> So, Caleb, uh, these things, like I, I told you off mic, um, are meant to give people a sense of kind of who you are. Uh, and I've been very excited about doing this one because I'd say of all the guests that have sat in this chair um, outside of our professional working relationship, I probably know you the least of anyone who sat here so mm-hmm. far. Um, so this is going to be kind of a new thing for me as well. And I'm excited for that. I always open these up and I ask people uh, to describe themselves in a quick soundbite. So who is Caleb Mason?
1: Well, I come from Georgia, and there's not a whole lot of jazz uh, or live music in central Georgia. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's a lot of fairgrounds and, and Air Force bases. So, uh, through college, I, I came up to New York City to try and play my instrument and, and make some music and kind of do the thing a lot of people do. Um, I think that, uh, you know, making music important, it's important for people to hear, mm-hmm. especially on, on you know, any kind of event you're doing. Um, but it's a big part of my life and I'm just happy that I can share it with people, you know, in the city.
0: If if you didn't grow up in a musical area, how were you drawn to it? What was your childhood like? What was your interaction with music?
1: Yeah, well my, my parents definitely were music lovers. They didn't <clears throat> weren't necessarily musicians, but always the radio's always on, you know, my mom was What a, kind of music? Uh oldies yep. and classic rock. Okay. That's kind of the the basis. All right, got it. Um Mom was the oldies. Dad was the classic rock, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, And then, you know, my mom's an educator, so she, when I was a little kid, she'd bring me to orchestra concerts, uh, band concerts, that kind of stuff. And uh, I always wanted to play trumpet like Louis Armstrong. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, my band director was like, hey, you got long arms. Why don't you uh, play trombone? <laughs> so we need some more trombone <laughs> players. And I was like, uh, 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 okay, I don't know anything different.
0: You know, so. <laughs> That's the first time sometimes you hear kids have long arms and they go into basketball. Yeah. Somebody saw you and was like, trombone. Because <laughs> yeah. we had little auditions. You know, you're like, oh, well, you want to play a brass instrument?
1: Okay, bring you in the office in sixth grade or whatever. Right. And they're like, okay, try to play a note on this instrument. You know, and then, I want to play trumpet. I don't play trumpet. Okay, well, well, you know, it didn't sound so good. What about trombone? You yeah. know, but really, they just needed to fill out the section. Right, right, right. <laughs> and I didn't know any better, so. And did you like it at first? You know, I didn't, I mean, I was naturally good at it. Yeah. But I didn't necessarily go like, this is the thing I want to do. You know? Right, I, right. I just sort of did it's it. It's not a
0: very sexy.
1: Well, no, I mean, it, it's kind of the oddball, you know. Yeah. Like you play, I wanted to play guitar. I wanted to play drums. Right. Yeah, I, I had a guitar. I had a drum set for a little while. And I, was, I tried to do everything but trombone. Even though I was pretty good at trombone, right, uh, and then like close to the end of high school, I was like, well, maybe I could go to college and do this. You know, it was just sort of fell into it. Did a couple auditions, <laughs> right? Uh, got a couple scholarships, and and went to went to school for it. And even still, up until like junior year of college, I was just like, oh, this is the thing that I'm still kind of good <laughs> at, but not super crazy about. Right. Um, when
0: did the switch go off for you?
1: Well, I had a uh, an instructor. Uh, Who's an artist in residence at Florida State, Marcus mm-hmm. Roberts, who toured with Wynton Marsalis in the '80s. Um, you know, has played with orchestras. Is incredible jazz musician, pianist, um, and he had a was starting a new band with with horn players uh, that were from the school. Mm-hmm. So he had some some students, some older c- people like middle age, and then some people towards his age like fifties. And they needed a trombone player to rehearse at the school at the university. So I would come into rehearsals, read the parts. I had no idea what I was doing. Mm-hmm. I realized, oh, wow, I'm really not as good as I thought I was. Mm-hmm. you know? Right, right. And these guys who, who, are, who are working with my professor are, mm-hmm. or at least are on some other stuff that's <laughs> getting them towards that point yeah, yeah. that I have not even thought about. Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of the turning point of like, oh, I have a teacher who's investing time in me, and I'm not investing that time back. Uh, and I thought oh I should do that you mm-hmm. know maybe maybe I should actually you know right, work right. on it even though I'd been kind of BSing most of the time
0: up until that point So um, in other words you that was the that that was the point where you said I'm really going all in on this
1: Yeah I was like okay well grad school what's that about where can I move where can I go find the real thing where where can I keep doing that
0: You know, you know. you're one of several musicians who have sat down in this chair and I am a musician And I put quotations around that because when you and like when I'm sitting here with you, a professional musician is somebody who just only does music. Mm -hmm. And I admire those people because they do a whole bunch of things I can't do. They can read, they can walk into any room with any musician and speak a language. I have to actually play with a musician and let our instruments find each other. Mm -hmm. Whereas I can't just have a conversation ahead of time. Um, And I was phrasing all of this for a reason that is now (laughs) flew out of my head. Oh, I know what I wanted to ask you. D- did you ever stop, whether that be in high school or college or whatever, and say, Oh, I'm I'm gonna try to make a living playing the trombone? That seems like a like a daunting task.
1: It is. Well, I you know, I never I never knew how daunting it was. So I think a little bit of blissful ignorance right. kind of led the way. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah, like yeah. I'll just keep doing this and see what happens. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Without really understanding, you know, um, what paying bills is like or what you know and it's just like a kid in school and you're like all right i'll keep doing this yeah you know? yeah yeah um and then over time you know once i got out, really got out of grad school i was like oh i actually have to find a way to make money doing this you know it's not it's not a
0: what'd you do your grad work in
1: uh jazz performance jazz trombone performance okay. at manhattan school of music
0: yep and, and that's what
1: brought you up to new york what uh, so brought me up to new york um there's a teacher there i really want to study with so I just chose New York, and um, they, they gave me a little bit of money. So I was like, "All right, I'll go figure this out." Right. And uh, and once I got out, I was like, "Oh, it's not it's not tests anymore. This isn't this isn't like, oh, I'm guaranteed to be in a band because I'm in school. Mm-hmm. It's like I have to make connections and, yeah. and keep those connections and make networking and do this thing, you know, and 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 actually do the professional musician thing. So <laughs> it's a little. It's a little um, in jazz or in classical music. It's typical now. Because of academia to be like, oh, I'm just in school forever. And then now I'm going to be a professor. It's right, like, right. no, 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 I have to like be. Do something with yeah, this. Go yeah, go out and make something. Yeah, right.
0: So my uh, good friend of ours, who I, I don't think you know, his name is Gabe. And he, uh, he's, a, he's a big jazz guy. Jazz fiddle, which is like a really awesome. niche Love type that. of deal. But anyway, he the le- he was a keyboard player as well. He's multi-instrumentalist. He was a keyboard player in, in my band prior to it becoming Cityscape. And he ended up having to leave that band because he said, look, I, I, in order for me to get these calls on these jazz gigs, like I have to be in the clubs hanging out till two in the morning and three in the morning. And I'm like, that's exhausting. You know, I mean, not only because it's late, but I feel like the whole, it's not predicated on how well you play. It's predicated on how you're networking and and are you, as he would put it, a good hang. Do, Do you find that? Definitely. Did you go def- through that? I
1: I have I have gone through phases. I think everybody goes through phases, and right. and you do a little bit of of uh, guilty, you know. Oh, I'm not out enough. I'm not, right. I'm not doing this, that, and the other for my you know my trombone or my jazz career, yeah. which is kind of an oxymoron yeah, <laughs> if you think yeah, about right, it. Right, right, right. But also, there are people who have quote unquote jazz careers who don't do that. You know. Who are living in New York City making money and doing career and having a career. So it's not necessarily um, necessary to do that and to kind of self punish, you know, <laughs> yeah. in, in that in the kind of unhealthy uh, living you know, right. way, you know, out till 4 a.m. and up at 5 p.m. or whatever every day. Right. Um, but there are definitely times where I, I'm kind of like, well, I'm going to be out
0: till 3 o'clock today. You yeah, know, this just, is like um, part of the job. You yeah. know what's funny is it's like anything else, it's uh, for people listening who are outside of music. Mm-hmm. It's politics right I mean yeah. it's it's like oh, yeah. every other job, oh yeah, well the problem the the difference is that you know uh for a classical musician,
1: you go to school, you go to grad school, maybe you get your doctorate in classical clarinet performance,, right. and then you go audition for an orchestra, and there are five thousand people auditioning for this one seat, and if you're the best person to play this music, the best, you get the job, and then you have that job playing clarinet until the day you die. You know, or or you retire, right. self retire, whatever. Right, right. It's like the well, Supreme
0: Court in a lot of ways. Yeah, it definitely right. is <laughs> the Supreme
1: Court of music, our, our orchestras. Yeah. Um. Or, uh, the other side of that are people who just make a career out of those connections, those people they meet. There's no auditions. You know, you just meet somebody and then you yeah. have a connection and you go, to gig, hey, gig to gig to gig, gig yeah. to gig to gig. Yeah. You might do some really terrible gig that pays peanuts, right. and. But the but the drummer you met really liked how you played, yep. and in three years remembers you and goes, "Oh yeah, I know this guy he plays really great. He should be on this gig." Right, right. I got my 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 first real gig was on a cruise ship. Yeah,
0: I want to talk about this, and I got it through Facebook. Okay, let, so let, <laughs> let me set the stage <laughs> okay. for this. All right, so I want to explain. You talk about uh, weird circumstances and things coming full circle, and I um. Eden was here, the band leader and lead vocalist for Hudson Heights, and, and I very briefly told her this story because she was talking about the connections that you make. And uh, if you if you didn't listen to that episode, I'll give a quick synopsis because it seems like it's it it's more relevant here. Um, so my saxophone player, Adrian. Let's give people a little background. <laughs> yeah, I, you just say his name and you laugh. He's just yeah. like the uh, just a just a lovable goof. I yeah. just love this yeah. kid. Explain to him, explain to the people how you know Adrian, and then I'll get into the cruise ship story.
1: Right. So Adrian plays in Cityscape, correct? This correct. A saxophone player. Um, I finished my master's degree, and I just took this audition for this... Band at, at Disneyland for people who are in college or just graduating. And I was right on the cusp, you know, I'm 24 or yep. whatever, graduating. <laughs> you the master's degree. Yeah, yeah basically. Right. I had gray hair, and then another guy in the section was balding. And everyone this is the college band, you know. <laughs> but uh we technically we got in. And it's uh, it's a, a program that um offers kids in college um work experience at Disneyland performing five sets a day. Um you know, six days a week, but there's also this element of um, education, work experience. Mm-hmm. There are clinicians who come in, um, anyone from Salzano to Wycliffe Gordon to people who are in the film, you know, film recording scene, yep. come in, talk about like what that's like, whatever. So Adrian was in this band. This was three years ago. Now, 2016, we played all summer together. It was a great hang. And I had kind of met him before one time before in, in the city. He was we were in school at the same time. Um, he sends me a Facebook message probably about a year ago now or or 10 months ago. Yeah, they're about. And uh, he says, Hey, uh, Caleb, you know, there's this band that I'm working with now. They're looking for musicians. Just send in your name. And I get this nondescript website that just says cityscape entertainment. And it says, put your name, what you play, what you like to do. And I thought, well, maybe I should put my band. Right. Instead of just me. Right. See what happens. And, the next day, I get a phone call from you guys. Yeah,
0: because I saw the band and I was like, yeah. oh, need it, want it, you <laughs> right, know. Right. And we're going to talk a lot about Hyde Park. But let's go. Okay, so that's how you meet Adrian. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah. a kid from Georgia. He's a kid from, follow the story here, people. Georgia kid, New Jersey kid. Meet sort of in the city of New York, but then also in California mm-hmm. at Disneyland. Yeah. Okay. So Adrian, my Saxophone player introduces me to Caleb. That's how we get together. I'm talking to Caleb on a Hyde Park uh, live experience showcase, and I said, "Hey, man, you know what were you doing before this?" And he, you mentioned this thing about the cruise ships. Now we're going to go into the cruise ships. However, he said, "Yeah, I was running music on a cruise ship." Blah blah. I said, "Oh, what uh, what line?" He said, "Norwegian." I said, "Oh, what ship?" And he told me the ship. And I said, "Oh, do you know such and such? Who was the cruise director?" I only know this because I was a passenger. I was like on vacation. And he goes, yeah, I, I know this guy, whatever. Now, when Carleo and I were on the cruise together with our fiancés, we got very friendly with the band and we'd walk by the, uh, you know, where they were playing. And every every night, you know, we got to know them. They knew we were musicians. They'd give us their instruments. We'd sit in and we all became Facebook friends. So now this is two years after the fact. I'm mm-hmm. keeping up with these people. So I'm like, oh, do you know Jardet, who's a, who's a piano player, from Ready People uh saint lucia okay so he's down in the bahamas i got the georgia guy that i met through my new jersey guy i'm from new york on a cruise ship somewhere in mexico and he's like oh yeah i've been trying to get him in my bed i'm like well you don't have to worry about it because he's already at emg you know it's just like it's such a weird it's a weird occurrence the music world is much smaller than anybody ever realized it's crazy it's so so small tell me about the cruise thing because I want to, I want to know all about this.
1: Yeah, so I got the gig uh, literally from facebook a, a Facebook post. Okay, this guy I know is trombone player. Um, he actually got like an army band gig, and he was already you know scheduled to do this cruise gig, and he just made a Facebook post and said, "Hey, there's this gig on the ship. Uh, it, yeah, it's it's you have to play trombone and tuba." which I'd play a little bit of tuba, but not that much. Just when you and, think it can't get any sexier than Right, right, right. Tuba. Tuba. Yeah. Um, and so he goes, uh, said, you know, is anybody interested? And I said, uh, sure, I am. I just got back in the city. I was working at a restaurant. I didn't really have anything going on. Right. I said, yeah, OK, whatever. And uh, he says, OK, here's the information. Here's a guy. Give him a call. I gave the agent an um, email. He said, "Okay, uh, you need to do your medicals on fr- by by this Friday. <clears throat> you're on a you're on a play- uh, plane plane to Miami the next Saturday. Wow! So literally like a week and a half. And,
0: and the gig at that point was what? Just playing.
1: So yeah. So we actually did uh, a, a musical. Mm-hmm. Uh, Norwegian Cruise Lines bought the rights to a Broadway musical mm-hmm. uh, called After Midnight. Which I went was, to go see it. Yes. Yeah. Yep. It was on uh it was on Broadway in 2014 during the summer, just mm-hmm. for short lived thing. But Wayne Carlisle who's done." a number of great choreography work um he's done hello dolly done a couple different things he worked with jazz at lincoln center to recreate the sort of um reverie and variety of shows in the 20s that duke ellington would provide music for so Mm -hmm. there'd be a comedian there'd be dancers there'd be singers all this kind of uh interesting things going on right um and his band, is great, amazing, you know, Duke Ellington's orchestra. So, what the Jazz and Lincoln Center guys did is, they took these original recordings, transcribed them, took the music, and put it on a page, and gave it to, uh, you know, this band to play mm-hmm. and recreate that that sort of environment. So, you right. had eighteen all African American black cast members yep. on a cruise ship. Yep. Uh, once on Broadway, then now moved to the cruise ship. Uh, they literally spent like over a million dollars in costumes. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have handmade yeah, no, it was you know, dresses yeah. and things. I mean, it's the, the amount of, uh, you know, work done into this Side, performance, sideboard maybe. to
0: this. Maybe I've told you this. Maybe I haven't. Uh, we went to dinner one night a couple mm-hmm. years ago on the ship. Saw the, went, then went to the show. Yeah. And I remember thinking to myself, I don't know if I said it out loud, but it was a total, uh, all African-American cast mm-hmm. and mostly African-American band. Yeah. And there was this goofy white dude playing the tuba, and it just stuck out to me. I'm like, that just doesn't feel. And who knew? Two years later, yeah, I'm sitting here with them. There it is. They have a rule now. They're, for a little while, they didn't really
1: have a strict rule in the band, but now it's they can only have two white guys in the band. They made a, They made a rule about it. And they're like, ah, all right, we gotta we gotta crack down
0: because the whole thing takes it. place in a in a black club. And yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Right? And they're just keeping you know keeping um, authenticity. Of, authenticity. Exactly. That's really funny
1: but it's it was an incredible experience um you know we only performed two nights a week on a 7 day cruise what were you cruise. doing the
0: yeah what were you doing the rest of the time going to the beach oh that's amazing yeah it was great i mean it was how long was your contract
1: uh the first contract i did was 3 months which mm-hmm. was perfect because you didn't get bored of it mm-hmm. it was like oh i kind of got the hang of it and i go home you know it was, right, it was right. like in and out yeah uh, i had a 3 month break and then i did another 6 month contract and that's when i got to do the managing of the
0: bands on the ship. How did that come to fruition?
1: Well, there were a couple of guys, uh, sort of in rotation. I mean, a lot of the, a lot of these cruise gigs, the musicians are just on constant rotation. Right. They, they're on for nine, ten months. They go home for a month. They come back. They do it. Yeah, yeah. For twenty-five years. That's right. pretty much it. Um, this ship, though, they had you know full. They had two full like a uh, Broadway level productions. Mm-hmm. So it didn't really work to have those kind of people on for that long. They had to rotate a lot. Mm-hmm. So the bandmaster was always, the bandmaster, the manager of the bands, was always in the theater productions, even though he was in charge of the guy, the people in the bars and the restaurants, the club, et cetera, were, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they had more time. We, didn't, we only performed two nights a week. Right, we had more right. time to go and do the office work and make sure everybody's doing their job. So one guy actually he he had to quit he he was supposed to go to a wedding his buddy's wedding right and they wouldn't let him leave early it was literally a week early and he was like well I got to resign I got to go I got to wow. go take care of my business right and they were all kind of all the managers were kind of freaking out and right he said well you know caleb has been doing a good job you know he's been working you know on time every day and and doing a good job and right uh, the the cruise director that you've mentioned was, yep. was a big fan of me and he just said all right why don't you try it let's let's take it on from here so mm-hmm. they trained me in about a week. Um, and it it was a really great experience, you know, learning not only how to manage, you know, a large group of people, but also, uh, what hospitality really is in that kind of environment where you have, what are the
0: biggest lessons you took from that?
1: Well, in terms
0: of service and hospitality.
1: So I had to, you know, often walk around on the ship professional attire. You know, I was right. used to just be in a bathing suits all the time, yeah, going yeah, to the yeah, beach yeah, and stuff. Yeah. So it was kind of a, a, I had to make a couple trips in Miami to go to Zara and get some, get some nice clothes. <laughs> right. And, right. You know, it's, it's a shift and, and these people who were my friends are now my employees, mm-hmm. which was awkward, but they were very supportive. And so I learned, right. you know, the importance of, of teamwork and, and you know, it is now my responsibility to make sure their job is Meaningful and, and and that they can do a good job and are not they don't have too much to do, you know they can they can get it done
0: right right <clears throat> so now you know, just a quick question It's my own when yeah. you say manage you're like building out the schedules of who's playing where doing what yes, right so like what else
1: there are probably like ten to ten to twelve music venues on the ship right I mean it's five thousand plus capacity ship. right 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 so you have to figure out. You know,
0: who can get to where and what? Who's, who's right.
1: playing where, when they're playing, what sets they're playing. Oh, no, we already played a, a Stevie Wonder set on Tuesday. We can't do it again on Thursday. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, so there's yeah. all this sort of like juggling of, okay, well, the Jamaican trio is going to be here. And then the St. Lucian party band is going to be here. Right. And then we have the solo guitarist doing a Santana set mm-hmm. and then, you know, figuring out, you know. And then we have this big room uh, in the center of the ship that has a bar and a coffee shop and they have a uh, hotel reception. All in the same giant room. Yeah. So it's it was a constant battle. Yeah. We, literally, Volume the hotel director, who is the top hospitality guy on the ship, you know, screaming at me, "It's too loud! It's too loud! You got to get!" And I'm like, "Well, they're they're amps. Of our, we've already put duct tape where they need to go, so they're not too loud." And yeah, you know, yeah, I, yeah, it's just this constant um managing of my managers in a way, right? Uh, expectations, uh, changing and, expectations, right, sure. shifting expectations, right. letting them know, and also being calm, collected, um, and and dealing with. You know, people, guests who are supposed to have a wonderful vacation, and maybe some, you know, there, there, some guys playing till midnight in the cl- in the bar right. above their room, and I got to talk to them and figure out how to make sure they can still have you know a, a good, good time. a good vacation, right? Yeah. And so, so putting out fires and and sure. and you know, also taking care of the guys. Let, the let's
0: let's wrap this and then mm-hmm. use it as a transition point. Uh, just to wrap it up, how when did it come to an end? Why did it come to an end? Did you just decide I'm I'm done with this or Well, I learned two things.
1: Uh, I didn't want to do it forever, Mm -hmm. and I understood the value of what I could do. Right. You know, I really at that point had was still kind of uh, oh, I play trombone. Let me figure out what's going to happen with that. And at a certain point, I realized oh, I'm gaining skills, Mm -hmm. and I'm being paid well for them. Right. Whether performing and administratively, and then I and the other thing is I don't want to do this on the ship forever. So how can I transition these skills Mm -hmm. uh, in, in the city? And, and be stable, and located in one place. Right. So, I decided not to take another contract. I politely told my agent that I'm no longer interested in long-term contracts. Right. Uh, and met my uh, sort of creative partner on the ship, uh, Joe Vetch, who lives in London. Um, and, he, uh, and he and I sort of crafted this, this this branding of our of our material, of our of our music, our, our look, all this stuff for Hyde Park. So, um I learned how like what those skills could be in in running an events band and 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 I already had a lot of that experience from working on the ships, so. yeah, everything that
0: you mentioned uh, skill wise that you picked up on the ship obviously translate to our industry and your band and, yeah, totally and our company and what and we I, do now
1: and I didn't even know that existed until I met you know right. This this guy was like, oh yeah, we, I do this and you can do this and you can take these skills and, and and move them to the land. So I was like, how can I get paid? Like I get paid on the cruise ship and move to land, <laughs> <You> <laughs> right, right? Right? Because right, a lot right. of people get stuck on them and they do them forever sure. and they never you know have a family or never you know right. Settle so down. So
0: let's talk about the band. So Hyde Park um, is a what eleven piece twelve. piece I mean, you guys are large. Yeah, you I can love do it.
1: Nine to twelve. I mean, it's it's it's,
0: it's whatever. It's, right. Yeah. Flexible. Uh, when you. When you talk about your partner, your creative partner, Joe, this guy in London, I know he's got sort of the Hyde Park London edition, which is Hyde Park is in London, but right. <laughs> um, t- how much crossover business partner, I've never understood that part of your relationship.
1: Yeah, so uh, his it's kind of like a franchisal Experience, Right. Basically. Okay. Basically. Right. So a lot you of- share
0: the, creative materials? Yeah, yeah. Charts see, and that, that sort of stuff. Creative materials, right.
1: logos, designs, all that kind of stuff. Got it. Uh, and then part of the proceeds are, are then diverted back. Got so it. So it's it's the intention, the growth is the intention. Right. You know, um, and I think that it's a great marketable experience that we can provide to lots of different communities, not right. just the tri-state area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's kind of the intention going forward. Right. Um, and in the meantime- you know, uh, perfecting our craft, honing our uh, lineup, um, finding the best musicians, the best singers that we can. So let's talk about
0: this. So you come back to land, right? How do you put Hyde Park together?
1: Uh, Just those connections that I made, you know, in university, people in the city. Yep. Um, I actually, (laughs) this is a funny story, I had already kind of gotten my horns lined up, who I wanted from school, from from even Florida, people moved back to the city. But... (laughs) Adrian called me one time. Yeah. Cold called me and said, hello, uh, I would like to speak with the manager of your band. I'm interested in, I saw your website. I'm interested in playing in your band. Is there any way that you, you know, I would, you know, and I said, Adrian, this is Caleb. And he went, Oh, you know,
0: you know what's so. so funny is he still calls me like that. And I'm like, We've been in a band together for two years, Adrian. <laughs> right. <laughs>
1: so, you know, it's it's just those connections. And uh, I, I will say all the vocalists I've met through connections that I made on the cruise ship through my show, through, through After Midnight. Right. Because um, a lot of those, guys, all those singers and dancers are, are based in New York. And I figured, hey, do you guys know any... Uh, start asking people. Right. Just start right. asking around. Right. And one person leads to the next person, leads to the next person. Yep.
0: Um, so uh, for people listening to this who are considering Hyde Park, have booked Hyde Park, w- what is Hyde Park to you? Like, What is your like elevator pitch on succinctly what that band is? We want to provide a
1: high-quality live band experience such that if you hired Beyonce's band, mm-hmm. if you hired Justin Timberlake's band, that's what you're getting. Minus Justin Timberlake, of right. course. But that kind of high-class... Um, exceptional live performance that you can't find anywhere else, mm-hmm. and it's a bigger band. You're getting that kind of show quality. Right. It feels like almost Broadway musical esque in terms of production. Right. Uh, and musical quality. So you know there are party bands, and then there are party bands. Right. So yeah. we want to provide that sort of um, almost L.A. Hollywood glamour. Got it. New mixed with New York City kind grit. Of Gotham City grit. Yeah. yeah. So
0: Yeah, I think that uh, the first time I heard you and I saw your video, um, the thing that I walked I went, "Oh, these guys are listening to Justin Timberlake and the Tennessee Kids." Your transitions, your and maybe most people aren't who aren't musicians aren't mm-hmm. going to listen to that, but as soon as I saw it, I was like, "Oh, I see what they're doing here and I like it." Mm-hmm. It's really really cool. Yeah, and for people who aren't musicians,
1: we can talk all day about transitions and
0: Yeah, right.
1: chord <coughs> right. progressions and etc. Yeah. But what really stands out, I think, to maybe potential clients or people who are not so musically inclined is that sort of clean, crisp,
0: professional, polished right.
1: polished. right, right, right. You want something that... I mean, obviously, it's a bigger band, definitely for bigger budgets. Sure. But what you you get what you pay for, certainly. Yeah. Well, and, that's our
0: question. I mean, I think the reason why I was so uh, ready to bring you on board here is because we could we saw eye to eye on certain things, you mm-hmm. know. You get what you pay for. There are client expectations. We're always working to um, polish what we're giving out, you know. Um, and you and I agree on that wholeheartedly. Yeah. Um, and somebody asked me yesterday about Cityscape, and they said, "What's um, what is Cityscape?" I said, "Cityscape is." What's your
1: elevator pitch? Yeah, my my what is
0: elevator it? pitch is. Uh, and you haven't really seen us play. Like I've seen your mm-hmm. band play. You, you we still gotta get you to come out. But uh, my elevator pitch is we are not a wedding band playing weddings. Right. That's what we are. I wanna give I want people to go out going, I've never seen anything like that before. Mm-hmm. I think we're, I've made everybody in the band wireless, so we get out there um, in not a choreographed sense. It's just like we're feeling the room and, and doing what we have to do. You know? yeah. Plus, I, I'm easily the least talented musician in my band. <laughs> I think everybody is insanely talented. You know? So again, it's high caliber, high quality. Yeah, yeah. Um, if I wasn't in Cityscape, I'd want to be in Hyde Park.
1: There it is. You know, I mean, that's <laughs> it.
0: Um, and my section leader for the Park Avenue Horns has been on me to bring in a trombone player. Yeah. So we'll, we'll talk about that. Well, yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk. We'll talk. Um, so, yeah, I, I love this band. Yeah. Um, you're playing My Wedding. It's true. It is We've, true.
1: We're in talks. You were negotiations. You,
0: no, it's no, it's decided. <laughs> it's decided. Um, so yeah, I I love the band. Um, I think that it fits in line great with what we do here. What's your favorite part about being the band leader?
1: My favorite part is again taking care of the musicians. Mm. That's my goal. I as a trombone player. We're a little bit of the redheaded stepchild among um, calls for gigs. <laughs> right. <laughs> Bass player, you have gigs. Yeah, Drummer, you have gigs. Right. Great vocalist, you definitely have gigs. Always gigs. Trombone player, nobody thinks, you know what we need? A trombone
0: player. Yeah. You yeah. know what I
1: mean? They, it's not, It's not, so a lot of trombone players are great writers, are great uh, You know, band leaders. Yep. Almost mm-hmm. Tommy Dorsey, uh, Jack Teagarden, mm-hmm. um, Paul McKee, these guys who are writing, Amazing big band material in a jazz sense. Right. So I, ha- I all I want to do is create opportunities for the people around me and myself, obviously. Sure. Um, so my goal is to take care of my musicians, make sure that they're paid fairly. Yep. Make sure that they're rehearsed well, mm-hmm. that they feel comfortable, and that they're excited to be performing all times right you know what i mean so i want them to be so invested and just happy to be there and so they can do what they do best
0: i have two things i want to talk to you about here quick and i don't know i'm just going to say them and then we can pick um you are a trained jazz musician Mm -hmm. but i know that you've got this like part of the reason why i love hyde park is not only the way that you play and the high quality but it's the the music selection mm-hmm. i see your yours is one of the only other bands i see and i'm like oh i gotta add that to cityscape like i <laughs> there's admiration i think that goes um both ways and i love your song selections and you're playing like deep cut like dance grooves from the 70s like mm-hmm. everybody Dance by chic and um i love that stuff yeah where did where did that happen for you and Obviously, you play jazz, but you like playing that stuff as well. It was it, honestly,
1: it was this kind of conflict of interest. Uh, like I said, I grew up listening to Motown, classic rock, that right. kind of stuff, um, and and hadn't really, you know, when you're ch- a lot of jazz musicians are are shut off from this world of of pop music. Mm-hmm. Think, oh, that's that's dumb. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't I don't want to play that. Mm-hmm. I want to I want to play great solos, and I want to listen to John Coltrane and Miles Davis all day long. But at a certain point, you have to understand that without Miles Davis there is no chic right without John right, Coltrane right. there is no you know Stevie Wonder there is no Justin Timberlake mm-hmm. and they're all connected it's all the same music mm-hmm. and once I once that kind of clicked for me that Miles Davis is the same exact thing as Bruno Mars Right. Really, in essence, right. they're the same person. And Bruno Mars is the same thing as Prince, which is the same thing as Miles Davis. Yeah. And James Brown. Right. I was gonna say they're, James all, Br- they're right. all in there. Yeah, it's yeah, all yeah. the same thing. Right. Uh, and Duke Ellington is the same thing as as you know uh, Aretha Franklin. They're all from the same tradition, which is black American music. Right. Um which somehow you and I are a part of. Yeah, somehow we're you know, we're white guys trying trying to hang, and that's cool too. You know, I mean, yeah, there's yeah, nothing yeah. wrong with that. But but we have to kind of keep the tradition you know, where it is. Right. Um, and, and, and make sure that people understand that. And I had to understand that, you know, people like to dance, you yeah. know, and when you're sitting in jazz conservatory, they don't really teach that. Right. All right, the time, right, right, right. you know, and so it kind of came later working on the ship. I was doing cabarets. I was doing stuff. It wasn't necessarily jazz music or jazz inclined music. It was more party bands and, and, and this kind of thing. And I was like, this is easy. Yeah. And it's fun. Right. Right. You know, I didn't have to think so much and it still cuts into the, I could still relate it to the thing that I had studied
0: so much. You know? I've, yeah, I, I always approached music. I only grew up from a, a pop music background. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called pop for a reason. It's popular, yeah. you know, and like th- I always found people who were shut off to it to be a bit pretentious for yeah. my liking because it's like, why wouldn't you want jazz to be popular to the masses if you and love it, it so much? And it was in the day, right? But, at a certain
1: point. Yeah. Sure. Um, pendulums always swing. And nowadays you have more bands with horns, you have more bands with really incredible jazz musicians in the bands right. who are who whose talents are being utilized. And I think it's also an overabundance of those musicians who are really talented yeah. because of academia and things like yeah, that. Yeah, I have two trained jazz <clears throat> players in my band. Yeah. I mean if you look at uh, you know Bruno Mars's band or now like Thundercat, these kind of like this bass player who makes these wacky tracks and he sings and he's always, but he's like he's also pretty popular. You uh,
0: listen to Lettuce at all?
1: I do like Lettuce. Yeah, yeah. Lettuce is awesome. Yeah. So there's all this, it's it's all kind of swinging. It always swings. You know, if you look at Newport Jazz Festival now, it's going on right now, I think, or just just finished. Yeah, my
0: uh, trumpet player is there right now. There you go.
1: Uh, I have many friends that are there. Uh, You have bands like uh, uh, John Batiste who (sighs) plays for the Stephen Colbert (sighs) group. So then, good. You know, and they're all trained jazz musicians, but they do all kinds of stuff. And he's from New Orleans, so he has that tradition. Yeah. And then there's also like Tank and the Bangas. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if you know them. I don't. Uh, and then you have like Lizzo, who
0: plays yeah. flute
1: like a freaking <laughs> right. prodigy. Right. You know, right, right. and is super like in that. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah. But also had more sales than Beyonce when their album's released on the same day. That's crazy. You know? So it's it things swing in pendulums, and if you can see the connections between quote unquote jazz right and pop music it's not hard to be like oh yeah i dig now rogers i dig justin timberlake yeah that's, yeah, that's yeah. great let me do that the best way that i can right in the same way that i was practicing you know swing music
0: yeah, right. yeah 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 so, so who are you listening to like you get in your car to leave here what's on the radio
1: oh all kinds of stuff i mean i i'm really i love folk music Really? Despite all of this talk. we Yeah. I love folk music. I love Bela Fleck. I love, um, you know, I love uh, Mountain Man. I love these kind of, you know, vocal music, and yeah, yeah. blues, that kind of Mate, stuff. you're
0: all over the spectrum.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I get I get kind of tired of jazz sometimes. I'm just like, I don't want to listen to that. You know? yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't right. want to think about it. I yep. want to do something else. So I like folk music because it's similar. Like Bluegrass is all kind of similar to jazz. Can you listen you
0: know. to music without analyzing it? I have a very hard time. No. Yeah, it's impossible. Impossible. I can't, I can't, like, can't
1: do it. Unless I truly don't understand what's happening and then I can just kind of bask in the unknown. Yeah, like, yeah. I have no idea what's going on. This is awesome. Yeah.
0: You know? I do... Um, anybody... So music gets recorded in tracks, right? So when you're looking at a computer screen, it could look like here's track one and track two and they're, they're on top of each other. When I listen to a song... I feel like my head and my ear splits the track up and I can I wanna visualize each track. It's exhausting. It's almost like you can't enjoy what's happening. You know, right, right, right. I,
1: like, I, I, I can't hear the lyrics of a song. Yeah. Maybe no. seven or eight times I've heard a song. Yeah. Then I'm like, oh, that's what they're saying. Yeah. I, I'm listening to the bass. Me too. I'm just zoning out on the bass. I sang like, Ottown oh, cool Funk Wrong
0: for a year. <laughs> For a year, because yeah. I was listening to like, you know, yeah. this shaker that's like buried in the mix right, or something. Right, you know? right, right. Um, The other thing I just want to ask you really quickly, and this is where we're going to lose most people, but I got to ask you, um, one of my, my first concert that I ever went to, my dad was a big Chicago fan, mm-hmm. and um, I was five years old, and I was just like enthralled with the horn section, and I think that's what started my quest in life to play, what brought me to the event band is a lifelong goal to play with horns, swear oh, nice. to God, yeah. And when I did it, I was like, awesome. Finally. But I think that started because I loved Chicago and Earth, Wind, and Fire so Mm -hmm. much. And then Tower Power became like my my number one. But um, Jimmy Pankow is the uh, trombone player for Chicago. Mm -hmm. uh, And he did a lot of their writing. Okay. And so it's interesting that you said like trombones. Right? Yeah. I don't know if you're familiar with him or Chicago. Or oh, I that. love Chicago. Yeah. yeah,
1: I didn't know. I don't know the name, but that's, that yeah. makes
0: sense. Jimmy the was Trombone like,
1: players writing the charts. You yeah, know? <laughs> my
0: mom would always be like, "I have the hots for him. He's cute." And like, I'm like, he's old. But in the '70s, he was the trombone player who was wearing like sweatbands and a cutoff tee and right, like right, rocking right. the trombone. Well,
1: you know, you said trombone isn't sexy, but I have to disagree yeah. because most trombone players right are like the wild card. You know the saxophone guy. The saxophone players are usually like the cool guy. You know, don't talk a lot. And they're like, "Oh wow, saxophone, that's awesome." You know, <laughs> right. trumpet guys are like, or trumpet people. You know, anybody yeah. can play trumpet. Are are often like have a big ego. Oh, and they're always big like, time! Oh, yeah. I can play high, I can play loud. You know, trumpet. It's like you never know what's gonna happen. So it's like, what? Who? I, who is, is that? The mystery guy in yeah, the back. Right. You know, and you're never quite sure. And they're often like laid back you know like in band class we never got in trouble we were just like <laughs> hanging out just doing our trombone thing. trombone guys
0: yeah you're kind oh, of a laid back guy
1: yeah i mean most trombone players are like oh yeah we never get paid to do anything so you know it's cool we just keep practicing our instrument and, right and <laughs> wait till something comes around or create our own opportunities yeah, you know, yeah, and yeah. just be like yeah, we, yeah you want this gig cool i wrote this thing for you here you go right you know.
0: what are you doing when you're not uh playing with hyde park
1: when i'm not playing with hyde park well <laughs> I do live in New York so I work at a restaurant yep. <laughs> serving tables Yeah, uh, toast on 124th and Broadway you should come by get a burger All right. Uh, I'm also my significant other is a comedian and she and I have been working on a comedy variety show this past year uh, it's about every six weeks at the pit uh, which is People in, people's improv theater on 24th mm-hmm. 24th street she's a comedian she hosts the show we have live sketch we have stand up all this kind of stuff and we have a live jazz band and so we play during the sketches in between sketches we have featured singers okay when can i come uh the next show september 13th friday the 13th
0: okay i'm gonna put this in my it's there i'm a frustrated stand up
1: oh no yeah dude like are you frustrated because you think you're funny and no one else does are you frustrated because you want to
0: do it more no i want to. i want to do it and i can't (laughs) <laughs> uh, no, I think, I, I mean, I make a lot of people laugh. Yeah. You know, I love it. I'm like, I want to do that.
1: Well, you know, I always admired stand-ups and, and really didn't understand. I was like, oh, this is a really incredible, impressive thing until I you know, met my girlfriend. I was like, oh, wow. I have no idea how hard it really oh, is. To, it's a science. To, it's a... To create yeah. it. And, and then even writing comedy, you know, there's they have all these rules and there's classes and, you know, she's always in class doing w- different stuff. So. Like in
0: music. It's timing. Comedy is timing. Everything's timing. Yeah. Oh, we gotta talk about this. I wanna go to that.
1: Yeah, you definitely should. It's great. I mean, we have a couple of great sketch writers. Vincent, uh, Vincent Martella, who's the voice of Phineas from Phineas and Ferb, oh. is there? Mikey Reed, who's been on some Nickelodeon shows, uh, yep. Victorious, they're involved. Um, we've had some stand-up comedians. who have done
0: Comedy Central. Um, How do you get me on again. the stage, Caleb? I think is what I'm really asking. Well, maybe <laughs> we need to
1: have a uh, a, a cityscape. uh, You yeah, know, man, let's uh, do it. Uh, special special guest. I'm you in. Know.
0: Me and Adrian. Yeah. Tell me people in. wouldn't let.
1: Like. Are you kidding me? Get Adrian on stage. Everybody's going to laugh. I love it. He's a ball of energy.
0: I love it. Yeah. But. Um, where, so let me just ask you a couple of closing questions sure. here. How has your experience been at EMG so far? You know, I, I've
1: i had this baby, my band, and I've shopped around at a couple of different places. Mm-hmm. And I I'll, I'll, I'll remember this. I think you, you're the first one to call me, right? Yeah. Not, there's two mics, and I can't ever get them you yeah. know, straight. No, it was me. Yeah. yeah. So, so Mike calls me after I send in my little nondescript uh, <laughs> application to their band or whatever yeah, yeah. Uh, on their website. And he calls me and he goes, I get bands all the time emailing me, mm-hmm. sending their videos, blah, 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 blah. And, and you said, I don't call people. Did I say that? You said, I don't call people. Here I am calling you. Wow. I'm
0: a, what? I sound
1: like a jerk. Whether or not he said, well, it, I was like, wow, that's really impressive. He said, I remember telling my girlfriend, I was like, he said he never calls people and he called me. Yeah. You know, it's like, all right, well, I guess that means something. So I felt very, you know, um, valued. Mm-hmm. I feel like the band has been valued correctly. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the point, you know, obviously, right. but, uh, it's, it's been a great experience. There's, um, any questions I have, it's answered right away uh every time i come to the office it's so laid back it's yeah it's great even with all the renovations
0: is like oh wow couldn't even, i didn't know it could get better you know i was yeah. like "Oh, okay geez <laughs> you guys yeah, are yeah, really yeah. put in time i think it, what if hopefully people who are listening to these week by week mm-hmm. see because we talk about it with everybody um is the change and i think i explained this to the band when i met mm-hmm. them for the first time i'm like we're trying to change the culture of like. For for years in this industry in the event space of Mm -hmm. weddings and corporate and whatever, I always found like the older guys um, tried to like abuse the musicians, Mm -hmm. you know, and that really pissed me off. And also, they just I I didn't agree with a lot of their business practices. um, And I want to change that. And I think that part of doing that is building a culture of inclusivity uh, within the uh, the musician groups.
1: Yeah, the fact that we did our first showcase with you guys and. All three owners of the company were there, and your dad,
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: and your brother, and all these other musicians from the EMG family were there, right? And and we were all eating, you know, eating before the gig and hanging out. The band was sitting there outside, yep, and, and you guys all came up and just gave us big, you know, hearty welcome. Yeah, and yeah. we were so happy. We were really impressed with everything. Oh, and you were the drummer. That was really great. And yeah, you know, yeah. Blah, blah blah. And and then and then they all went oh wow oh, okay and then, and like kind of got a little boost of confidence you know cuz yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I was a little nervous you know right. and they went oh great and and they got up and performed and it was great and then
0: and then we jumped up and
1: played with you yeah, yeah. And then set separate you're like hey what are you, you guys doing some stevie wonder let's let's oh can we play oh yeah let's <laughs> yeah, play, yeah. play we're
0: f- we're fangirls basically yeah. yeah the
1: fact that the owners of the, of the of the group are like or the company are like oh yeah let's uh, can we play with your band oh, 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 oh you know thank you so much <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, and we're yeah, like well yeah. oh, thank you so much yeah, you know yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, kind of like nerdy musicians just being like oh is cool yeah yeah, we're we're jamming man (laughs) yeah exactly so that that felt you know super welcoming and you know i I, as the band leader i'm always a little on guard
0: as am i i get it
1: so that you can take care of your people right and the fact that i could let that guard down yeah yeah yeah. feels great yeah yeah, it's like okay i know that these these people at emg want to take care of us
0: yeah oh definitely and i think it comes from we weren't cityscape had a very different experience Mm -hmm. we had the opposite and I, I never wanted to do that to anybody ever again yeah. you know so I get where you're uh, I definitely get where you're coming from yeah well Caleb you have uh, you've said it all we're happy that you're here at EMG and you're sticking around at EMG happy to be here um, you can't go though before a little section I like to call quick questions will you play with me let's do it alright now it's quick now okay alright so you gotta be very quick here we go <clears throat> what is the first thing you do when you get up in the morning go back to sleep <laughs> what is your favorite movie quote um uh I love you, Jenny. Uh, if you could get yourself anything, what would you get? A car. What would you do with your 15 minutes of fame?
1: Um, probably make an Instagram post. <laughs> I don't know. Look, I'm famous. Uh, where would you go if you were invisible? Ooh,
0: like the Pentagon or something. Oh, top secret yeah. stuff. Nice. Um, what is the one thing you own that you wish you didn't? Oh, man. Um... Oh, I don't know. That's a hard one. Uh, I, don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Has... Uh, what is your biggest um, vice? Uh, laziness. Oh, okay. Uh, fill in the blank. When I dance, I look like an idiot. Yeah, the gawky guy with big arms playing <laughs> yeah, the trombone. Exactly. <laughs> uh, what is your favorite TV channel? Probably History
1: or Discovery Channel.
0: Me as well. Uh, and finally, if you were getting married today, what would your entertainment package look like? Woo.
1: It would be Hyde Park, baby. Yeah, <laughs> just stone cold.
0: Yeah, good luck because I thought it was going to be Cityscape, and I'm like, wait, they're all at the wedding. <laughs> exactly. It'll be both. We'll have a we'll have a, a mega jam. Love it, love it. Caleb Mason, where can people find you, buddy? Uh, find us at. Uh, uh, no, I mean find you if they want to. Me,
1: like wanna... the comedy thing. The,
0: the oh yeah, whatever.
1: We, comedy uh, September 13th. We're doing a little a little comedy show at the Pit People's Improv Theater. Um, well, I'll throw a link up to it. Yeah, so throw a link. Interested. I'll shoot yep. you a link. Uh, you know, and uh, f- at, looking like at the EMG office once a month. <laughs> I've Been here twice in three weeks, and it's great. I love it. There's coffee. There's comfy chairs. You know, love it. Caleb Basin, thank you so much. Thank you, Mike. Take care.
0: You can find us at ElegantMusicGroup.com or on Instagram at ElegantMusicGroup.